0: Welcome to the Overclock Today podcast, South Africa's most accessible consumer technology podcast. We bring the energy. I am your host, Lindsay Shooters, sharpshooters on social media, that opinion go on the internet, and I'm joined as always by the editor of South Africa's largest consumer technology publication on shelf and techradar.com South Africa. Gavin, how uh, okay. are you doing? The content
1: collator manager type thing for Tech Radar South Africa, Tech Radar, huge international website. Um, And we are putting together the South African version of that. And we have a launch later this month where we'll be giving away cool free stuff. But I'll tell you about that next week.
0: I like free stuff. Can I I win some?
1: (laughs) Yes, you can. We actually got got phones, we got uh, PC accessories, we got some bits and pieces of gaming stuff. Do so, we, I'll let you know how you can win the stuff next week. Okay, but in the meantime, you can just go to techradar.com and it'll automatically send you to the South African page.
0: Awesome, there. Gavin, mm. you have front-loaded everything Windows. So Windows <laughs> in the what's the 2004 or 2004? Sorry. um yes. Update, and it's being blocked on a lot of machines. I know I haven't received it yet. Um, yeah. Also, side note. My ongoing battle with my wife's IT um, department. (laughs) Yes. Uh, She can finally print wirelessly now, um, or at least print to my brother machine. We'll talk about printers later. But he then told her that maybe your husband set it up wrong. So some (laughs) Um... (laughs) context. Okay. Dangerous. Yeah, okay. Um, When he was, remember when we spoke about VPNs and I said my wife's wife uses NetExtender and how crap NetExtender is? Because it pretty much like, (laughs) speed, um, no matter what upload speed you have, it just like disrespects whatever speed you are paying for. And this guy was like, we were in like a half an hour conversation where he was basically telling me that I don't know how to set up my home network. Uh, And I had to categorically take him through different parts of my house, um, using <laughs> different devices to show him that speech is quite...
1: <laughs> oh, jeez, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but unfortunately, IT support people have got a reputation for being exactly like that. My tactic is to be completely ignorant when dealing with them. It's the same tactic you use when you go into the computer shop. You must go in there and go, i don't know what printer i want even though you know very well what you want then let them do the sales spiel so you can give them you know so that they're not adversarial in dealing with you but i know that's kind of difficult okay so this person obviously eventually just got on your wrong side right yeah Uh,
0: Yeah, but anyway he sorted out the little issue because i'm sure they had to install something and i don't have admin rights on her machine obviously so yeah Um, yeah she can print wirelessly now i was just saying like Windows, Windows is not the best. I thought Windows 10 would have all of the drivers and everything like baked in, so everything becomes plug and play. That was the promise yeah. um, at the beginning and it yeah. hasn't quite planned out. And now with this, this, do you want to take us through the feature list of, of the new update? What what stands out most for you? Yeah. Um. um okay,
1: so yeah, it's not all equally thrilling. Um, let me just you a little bit. So most of us don't use Windows virtual desktops. Virtual desktops are... If you've got multiple monitors, then you can actually run the email in one and run your news in the other and run your main business apps in the third one, you know, and then you split them out across your your um, multiple monitors as virtual desktops. You didn't used to be able to name them properly before, like left and right and middle or gaming screen. Now you can yeah. actually rename those. It's not a big deal unless you're a multi-monitor kind of person. Um, the Notepad, I don't know, I use Notepad quite a lot. Uh, with Notepad, it's, there's our little asterisk that comes up in the top bar, of the program that tells you when your document's not saved, so that at least you're aware of that, small things like that. Things that do matter to Lindsay and I, the Microsoft Edge browser is much more memory efficient. So we've gone on and on about the Edge browser, but mm-hmm. you know you've got the correct Microsoft Edge browser when you see a blue swirl, a light blue and dark blue swirl as the icon. That is the Microsoft Edge browser you should be using, and that is now optimized under the new... Windows update for much less RAM, apparently 30% less RAM. In fact, browsers, Windows, use up the most RAM of anything on your PC. So that's mm-hmm. quite a big deal if they lose, if they reduce the RAM usage of the browser is a big deal. Um, they're still working on their phone app. This is an app that you know allows your phone to speak directly to your PC in a seamless yeah. way. They're actually catching up with Apple in this regard. You can now take phone calls on your PC, send SMSs and so on directly from the PC, accept and reject calls on the PC without even having your phone in the room. I think it's, if it's on the same Wi-Fi network, you can actually interact with the phone now on your desktop, which is kind of useful for a lot of people. Um, There's much better gaming performance under DirectX. DirectX is kind of the part of Windows that handles game graphics rendering. And that will be much smoother now going forward. Um, Oh, here's something that's a small practical thing that matters to people. When you're using the Windows calculator, the calculator can now be pinned on top of what you're, you're doing on your PC. Before, because it was a separate app, it would jump behind things. So you could never quite get the numbers. Oh, excuse me. You could never quite get the numbers, you know, on your calculator and on your document together at the same time. Now you can pin the calculator on top of the document you're working on, which is great. And um, here's something which kind of interests me, but I, I haven't used it, so I don't know how it works. You can do a cloud backup of your PC onto presumably Microsoft's OneDrive service. Mm. And that means you can restore your PC from OneDrive, which, I mean, I don't know how, how that's different to the kind of Windows accounts you've had before, but I'm interested in seeing how that works. Because for someone like myself, your PC ends up being so fine tuned that when you move to a new PC, it can take you months to get it all t- uh, tweaked to the way it was before. Yeah. Now, with any luck, you just download an image from your cloud storage to do that. Yeah, especially if
0: if we cycle through a lot of machines, um, like just setting up everything to your taste, like getting your correct browser, like all those settings is really important to have like a one-click solution where you can get all that in.
1: Yeah, because, you know, all the apps are interoperating with each other. It takes forever to set that stuff up. Now you can have that as a sort of an image that comes down onto your PC, yeah, from the cloud storage. So these are just some of the highlights, but you can be assured there's going to be lots of little optimizations, many of which haven't even been mentioned here. There'll be lots of little optimizations. Um, Not everyone will get the Windows update at the same time because there are, I don't know, like. I don't know how many hundred million Windows users. They can't have them all downloaded at once, or else the entire yeah. internet will come to a standstill. So they phase them out. I don't know how they figure out who can get it when. I got mine last night, so I'm a happy camper. But, you know, it will just, in due course, come to your PC. Mm. Look out for what that. A, and when Windows wants to update,
0: yeah. Because in the note, you put up a little table here that just shows market share shows market share for the different operating systems. And it's interesting that um, from Jan to May this year, Windows Ten has actually walked back like uh, like point two percent, whereas yeah. macOS has uh, has gone up almost a full percent um, in in the first quarter. Yeah,
1: I mean it's interesting the minutia of what's happened in the quarter, but I yeah. you know at the end of all that I kind of pulled back and then I took a look at the big picture, and the big mm. picture is that Windows is still around. The high 80s percent of all PCs in the world, yeah. around 87 percent, all PCs run Windows. Mac PCs are about 10 percent of all the yeah. desktop computers in the world, and the remaining three percent on Linux. You've probably heard of Linux. Yeah, Linux is kind of like a, a geeky, sophisticated server level operating system. Uh, it's a great product to use, but it only accounts for three percent of the computers in the world. So that's Windows on 87 percent, Apple on and Linux on the remaining 3%. That's roughly how the world shakes out. And it's been that way for a while, actually.
0: Yeah. But Mm. the full percentage point jump for Apple is probably a lot of people jumping on the new MacBooks that came out um, in the world.
1: Yeah. And then
0: the other surprising thing was like almost 1.5% jump for Ubuntu um, up to May. So I think there's a lot of people working from home who are reviving old machines and turning them into into Ubuntu machines. (laughs)
1: I'd say that's a good theory. That's a good theory. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been a Linux fan. It's just, you know, to convince people to move all things they know. And it really is a significant psychological mindset change to move yeah, to Linux. I,
0: I've tried it for like f- probably two hours on a Raspberry Pi. And I absolutely <laughs> hated it um, and said, I'll never, ever do that thing again in my life. So I am stuck between Mac and Windows. And I'm happy there, Gavin. I'm very happy to be a well, average consumer. There's,
1: there's, a, there's a famous anecdote that gets repeated when tech journalists get together and drink too much. And it goes like this. I attend um, an Apple media event at which they're rolling out PCs. It must be a very long time ago, because they haven't done that for a very long time. Um, they're rolling out PCs, and the Apple representative at the front of the room goes, um, who can honestly say that Windows is a superior experience to Mac. And I go, uh, me, I raise my hand and I go, uh, I can. And he goes, why do you say that? And I say, well, I'm a Windows Power user. And he goes, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. Anyone else? Anyone else? (laughs) The point point being that, you know, if you use a tool for long enough, you become an expert at it and then that's where you want to be. You want to be working with maximum efficiency. It doesn't matter if if Apple or Microsoft is better, the fact is you develop like a skill set in that, you know, operating system and that's what makes it better for you, you know? So, mm.
0: yeah, it's it's been interesting. Uh, Just, just to, to your point, I've been testing the LG G8 X, ThinkQ And the Samsung galaxy s 20 plus. Finally, Mm. most of the devices I've been very excited for and finally have my hands on them. And I've realized that I've whittled down my, my use to like such a streamlined case where, I, I can now evaluate the two products on the differences in like the the company thinking behind mm-hmm. it. Um, Interesting. And like moving to because I have like the Nokia nine that I still owe you back. Um, also, uh, right. And <laughs> and then I have uh-huh. the iPhone as well. And then like moving between the things, like I can see exactly where what I see as the dumb decisions that both of those companies made on both of those phones because mm-hmm. they all. Like dumb this, they are good steps forward, but there's a couple mm-hmm. of like tiny steps backwards in, in each of them. Mm. That's when, when you use something and you whittle it down, because it's two different approaches to like productivity. Where LG wants you to do everything on the phone, where Samsung are like, hey, why didn't you plug this into something else and then like discover yeah. this whole new world of doing things? Yeah, so it's like, I uh, have noticed
1: that. The one is inward looking, and the other is yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. agreed.
0: Mm. So so yeah, that, that's interesting. But that that we coming up later. You had a little bit of a nugget here, the new Samsung Ethernet SSD EBOF. <laughs> uh, okay, did I did I actually put that in? Okay, now that's, that's kind
1: of a bit technical, and maybe we're just going to skip over it. Um, how it works is, you know, if, if you don't know what a data center is, it's basically a large warehouse filled with rack-mounted computers, just endless and endless cupboards full of computers, and it does, you know, heavyweight computing. So the problem is it's, it's, it also uses huge amounts of power. And because it works at such an incredible speed, there are bottlenecks all over the system. In other words, you know, the, the processes are working at this speed, but the, the, the drives on which the storage is held are working at that speed, and the RAM is working at a different speed, so there are bottlenecks all over the system. But it makes a big difference because everything is done in such huge volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Samsung, who is one of the biggest microchip makers in the world, have invented a storage system that also has processing power built into it. So it's almost like a mini computer, except that it's like a memory card. It's almost like RAM. It's like a huge block of RAM with processing power built into it. And this could actually revolutionize how um, server level computing will happen in the future. It also has networking services built into what is essentially, you know, a member block of memory. It has networking built in and processing power. So... Instead of having separate computers, separate memory, and separate storage, you will have all three in one high-speed device. But yeah. that's, that's kind of pie in the sky for the future. Interesting idea. Mm.
0: It is very interesting, especially with like 5 gig speed. So the, the data centers are what powers, let's where the cloud lives.
1: <laughs> I yes, like yes, to explain
0: it to people like that. And um, all the computing that you then now are uh, handing off to the cloud so that gets accelerated by, like, I know Nvidia do some excellent work in terms of like the the server GPUs um, that power a lot of the AI functionality that's happening. Um, and the bottleneck has always been the the read write speeds on the actual storage. Storage, yeah. Yes. So if that can happen at full network speed, which is you were mm. saying yeah, uh, up to twenty five gigabits per second, yeah, um, uh, that that just is twenty five times yeah. faster than anything we've been doing. Yeah. So far, and five G like you you computing in real time um, to a server yeah. which is incredible. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a small thing that's going to turn into a much bigger thing in several years' time. Um, uh, so then, high refresh rate screens. Talking about things that go really fast, Kevin. It's all mm-hmm. the buzz now. Everybody's talking about. You must have if you're spending a thousand bucks on a phone, you need to have. Well, at least in our case, 20,000 rand on the phone, you need to have a higher refresh <laughs> screen. So like the screen just kind of refreshes itself at 60 hertz, so 60 times per second, which is the usual thing. Most things are kind of produced in that way, um, to run in yeah. that way. But now you're getting like, the, I think the Google Pixel goes up to 90, but dynamically OnePlus also goes up to 90. And then Samsung goes up to 120 hertz, on the s20 family so i've been using for a week i've been doing one day off one day on using the high refresh rate because i had an idea that i wouldn't notice the difference between 60 hertz and 120 and i barely can um it's not as the the big tech youtubers are telling you it's, it's really not a, a deal breaker right now if like a flagship phone is coming out with a, with a normal uh, or a low refresh rate. And just the, the battery trade-off isn't worth it. I've been looking at, you save about 25%, or at least you offer up about 25% of your battery life when you are running at 120 hertz, which is not cool. Yeah. I mean, Samsung's yeah, are, you're, are you're, not good you're, you're, at, at battery optimization to begin with, so,
1: yeah. Your, your calculation, actually, just as a back-of-the-napkin kind of calculation, makes sense, because what global averages show is that the battery, I mean, the screen actually uses up 60% of all your battery life. Yeah. So you're right. If your screen is going to double its refresh rate from normal 60 Hertz to 120 Hertz, it makes sense that by turning that off, you will save 30% of your battery. You know, it's as yeah. a, a rough calculation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I agree with you. One of the first things I do is turn down the resolution on these phones. The kind of stuff I do on the phone there's no big benefit from having this pristinely beautiful screen screaming along at a speed that my old eyes can barely tell the difference. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm busy watching video from Netflix that's so heavily compressed coming down to me already. You know, it's like listening to MP3s on a ten thousand rand pair of headphones. You know, MP3 yeah. already is a lossy format. Your sound is already terrible. Listening to them on great headphones not going to make a difference. Same effect here. If you're listening, if you're watching streaming video and you want to watch it on your 120 hertz screen, you know, what's the point? <laughs> so yeah. um, I think what what would you use a higher screen refresh for? Maybe games?
0: But there I again, I mean...
1: Those sorts of games on the phone. Yeah. But I'm sorry.
0: But we'll I mean, wh- why me. would
1: you want 120 hertz refresh on your screen if it's going to impact the battery so heavily? It's not going to make anything look all that much prettier. The only difference it would I, make would be things that I are moving on the screen.
0: Again. It gets mover, okay. it moves smoother, Gavin. You get that battery smoothness. because Well, I, I, I don't
1: know, man. we have a mutual friend who, when evaluating phones, would always refer to the high-end phones and the operating system movement on the screen as buttery, buttery yeah. smooth. You know, as you flick between the screens, that's Neil Gardner. Neil Gardner would say buttery smooth. And I suppose that's what you're getting with your 120 hertz. But really, who needs a buttery, smooth experience when, you know, a a bacon grease effect might be just as good. (laughs) 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 So so I'm I'm good with bacon grease flipping between the screens at 60 hertz. My eyes cannot tell the difference. And I just don't need to lose that much battery over a screen refresh. Yeah. And of course, those screens also are pushing up the price of the damn phone. That's the thing, man. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Mm. But I must say, um, one thing that has struck me, I am all for larger sensors, camera sensors on these phones. The I think it's a 1 over 1.76 um, Sony sensor that is on the S20 Ultra, or S20 Plus, sorry, S20 Ultra has that 108 megapixel job. So there's a 12 megapixel yeah. sensor on the S20 Plus. It performs every bit as good as I thought it would um, compared to all the lessons that Samsung still needs to learn with that non-urban right. thing on the Ultra, um, it's just, it's just, it's just like twenty percent better than the S10 in all of my comparative testing. Like it just nails the the pane of focus is now like really, really thin. It's razor, razor thin. But when you nail okay. it, I put a I put an image up on my Twitter um, today of like a droplet coming off the succulent. And just the, the bokeh balls in the background, it just looks so <laughs> delicious and creamy and wow, I was quite excited. Okay. okay, well, this is quite a good segue. Let me just explain what
1: I've been doing with my phone and how it relates to Lindsay's high art photography. Okay, I don't do high art photography with my phone. Okay. Um, I just like snap things that I just need to keep track of or keep a memory of or something that looks clever or some weirdness I see out there. It's, I very seldom am making art with my camera phone. Um, one of the things I am doing is capturing recipes because, you know, we're all stuck at home. I'm doing a lot more cooking. So um, what I find is uh, recipes, either in recipe books or my mother, ironically, saves me things from magazines. You know, they still work in that magazine, print magazine world will give me paper recipes. And I've been snapping those with my phone. But of course, I'm doing that in the evenings with no natural light. So it's actually really pretty dark. And the app I'm using is Microsoft 365. Microsoft 365 is the new name for for what we used to call Office 365. I think they're dropping the office. They're just calling it Microsoft 365, mainly because it's not just about Office applications anymore. It's become much broader than that. There's a lot more to it than Excel spreadsheets and Word documents. There's a lot more to it, including Skype, the thing that we're talking on right now. But the Microsoft 365 app, which is a free app, um, has been evolving over time. And here's one of the features that I'm using a lot. One of the features I'm using a lot is converting text or converting pictures into text. So I'm photographing these recipes that my mother sent me, which are magazine pages. Those are being converted into text that I'm putting those into a sticky note, which I can save for future. But of course, with many of these recipes, you, what you really want is a picture of what the food looks like. So you know what you're aiming towards. So you know how many pumpkin seeds to sprinkle over the rice or whatever it is, you know. So, um, so I'm using a, an older Samsung phone but it's low light performance is just so superb compared to the sort of budget phones I usually use. I'm using a high end Samsung phone. It's about two years old, but photographing text um, and having that text converted 100% into into text that I can paste into a sticky note with hundred percent recognition in low light conditions has been like a revelation for me. And then taking pictures of the picture of the food, And having the rendering on that come out looking like daylight it's absolutely brilliant it's the first time i'm appreciating high-end phone sensors the kind of thing that lindsay probably does all the time but to get back to my microsoft 365 app i recommend you download this app and here's the one cool feature that i think you're going to try and really enjoy when you're working in your windows desktop pc Built into Windows, there's a sticky note app. We all know what sticky notes are, like post-it notes. You know the little yellow, used to be yellow, now they come in luminous colors. You can make sticky notes on your PC screen where you just need to jot down something, make a note about something, uh, just a rough note. It's like a post-it note. You stick it on your desktop, in on your PC. Those now synchronize automatically onto your phone if you're using the Microsoft 365 app, which is great because it means that notes you're making on your phone also then sync back to your PC. So your notes are all together in one place, which I'm finding fantastic. We've already done this several times with Google Keep in the past, but I'm finding the Microsoft Notes app is even better because it kind of integrates better with the Windows experience. So do try the Microsoft 365 app on your phone and try converting pictures of text into actual text, which you can edit. I've been doing it with recipes. You can make a sticky note out of that text and then you can add a picture to that sticky note as well. So you end up with the picture of the food plus the recipe all captured from what was a magazine page all using the Microsoft 365 app. That's what I've been doing. It's been hugely effective for me and I've been taking advantage of better camera tech in the process, yeah. doing this stuff in the evenings and having it come out great. All uh, right. It's
0: called That's the, my story. the Office app. That's the Microsoft Office app. It's the Unified Office app, which has. So they're not the, calling it
1: Microsoft 365. As no, the it's app. It, no,
0: it's the Office app. So it's it's got that little orange Office orange logo. Box. Yeah, that that's the right. logo that you should be looking out for. Like a, it combines um, the powers of PowerPoint, Word. Everything goes into one thing. Notes is there. I'm not a fan of Microsoft Sticky Notes. Just by the way, um, like just as a point of order, you keep putting it on our list of things to talk about. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm okay not there. i'm not there i don't like those ugly squares of little things that people paste on their desktops uh, yeah I, I just, i'm not a fan i'm not there i'm not there with you Gavin. but it's it's my ADD. you know like information is passing
1: through the old cranium all the time and you're afraid you're going to lose something so you're constantly making notes of and you're making notes about your notes and i don't know it works for me Google Keep we have used as our sticky note application yeah. in the past, but that can't just be pulled up randomly anywhere, you yeah. know, on your PC yeah. at any time. That's yeah, the thing that only runs inside my browser. It. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I've ended I up on the Microsoft. The experience. Google mm-hmm.
0: Keep is um, Google Assistant still like if you make a shopping list, it still doesn't route directly to Google Keep. It goes to like this weird shopping list app cloud thing oh. that Google <laughs> If, if you, if you, you ask use a Google if you, assistant make a shopping list, uh, it yeah. won't make it on Google Keep, which is the most irritating uh, thing in the world. Yeah,
1: that would irritate the hell out of me. I mean, I use Google Keep a lot for shopping lists, actually. I've got one global shopping list because it makes check boxes. I mean, for yeah. the listeners, uh, Lindsay already knows this, but for the listeners, it actually makes a list with check boxes. And you you know, so you, you uncheck all the things you want on your shopping list, yeah. you go through the store, tick them all off. And it yeah. keeps a record of all them. So when you need to go shopping next week, you just untick all the new things that you that you need this week, and it makes a new list for you. So you've got one global shopping list which you reuse. I found yeah. that to be fantastically useful.
0: Mm. No, especially for lockdown, like um, my wife will make will make one, and then wherever I am, if I'm just in the queue at the pick and pay, I open it up, refresh, and then everything's there. And then I just tick it off as a. So she can kind of monitor in real time. How I'm doing. Right,
1: what you're doing. <laughs> oh, cool. I never thought about that, actually. I never thought about that. Wow, that's a good idea. So you actually have the shared thing and, and the real-time sharing, so you could even add things onto the list while you're yeah. in the store. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Damn, I never uh, thought about that, because that's what always happens to us. You're in the store. Now you don't know if you need tomato sauce or not. You know, yeah, yeah okay. You always
0: do that one phone call. It's always like that one phone call. yeah. Uh, yeah. I've- Forgetting something, but Yeah,
1: uh, I I know it well. I know it well.
0: Okay. Talking about things that we have been buying and shopping and all that stuff. I just placed an order for some refill ink on my, on my... Sorry about that. Um, Just placed an order for some refill ink on my brother printer. And I'm using a third-party brand now. I'm not using because I'm not about that 300 bucks per little color. And then 400 Mm. bucks for the (laughs) back. That, because it's got the individual color cartridges, CMYK. Um, Gavin, buying printers. A lot of people are homeschooling, doing a lot of things from home. So printers are becoming quite a thing. I had two calls on the weekend from friends who were like, I'm in macro. Which printer should I get? And it's like, bro. Mm. Oh, Why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, okay. The grudge yeah. purchase um, is now an essential purchase, Gavin.
1: The printer is a grudge purchase. You know, it stands around the house. You only ever print out a couple of pages a week, if that. That whole time, it's taking up space somewhere. It's gathering dust. And then when you print it, invariably it doesn't print properly the first time because you haven't printed anything for two weeks and the print heads are clogged. And, you know, that's been most people's printer experience. I've decided to move past that and aim a little higher. And it has totally worked out for me. I'm having a much better printer experience because I've moved away from laser printers, which are very big. And only monochrome, they're cheaper to run, but they're very big and take up a lot of space and they only print black and white and they really only print documents. I've moved to color inkjet printer and I decided to bite the bullet and buy a printer that will print very good photos or at least decent photos because I'm finding that we have all these fabulous family pictures and no one ever sees them, they just disappear. So I got a little bit of photo paper, but even when I print on regular paper, I can just stick these up kind of anywhere in the house, just as a ha ha, you know, pictures of the pets, pictures of the kids as the younger people, whatever. So quick and dirty A4 color prints, I've been doing that as well. And then the occasional high definition photo. But for that, you kind of do have to spend probably well over 2000 Rand on your printer. Yeah. The difference is that you now want to get a printer that has refillable ink tanks, and they're actually much cheaper to run. They seem a little expensive at the outset, but actually I've been running this printer probably for six months and haven't refilled the ink tanks yet. In fact, they're barely half empty, Mm. and I've been printing photos like crazy. So it's proving to be very cost-effective for me. Um, Pretty much all printers these days come with Wi-Fi. I mean, if your printer doesn't have Wi-Fi, you're doing something wrong. You know, you're probably buying a little bit too cheaply or you're buying end of the line or you're buying old stock. Even entry level printers now have Wi-Fi. The advantage of this is that you can print to it from anywhere, even from your phone. So I'm recommending refillable ink tank printers as by far the cheapest way to go. It sets you free to print all those photos that you know you should be printing, that you're not printing. Um, And Wi-Fi will almost certainly be baked in so that everybody can print to it from their phones or from their PCs, wherever they are all over the house. These are the three characteristics. So I don't know what your feeling is on printers, Lindsay. Uh, I mean, it sounds like using the cartridge thing. So you're having to replace that printhead every time. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, so I have a brother, the multifunction, complete multifunction, the MFC, it's a J two seven two Oh. So it has the, the individuals, there's like a cyan, yellow and magenta, ink and then the black right. ink as well just like double the size um yeah and those things will drive you bankrupt they're about two 275 rand per color and then like 400 mm. bucks for the black um, but i found a full set of third-party brand, like a Cape Town, like an ink specialist thing, and they okay. are selling for like three eighty-nine for the full set. So I don't know what wow. quality it's going to be. I'm just rolling the dice on that. Okay, um, I, okay. I do the full wireless thing, but I will argue with you on one little thing. If you don't have Wi-Fi, at least if you, if like you really price-conscious, get one with USB connection um, and plug it into your router. If you have a decent router, it will probably have oh, a USB right. port that you know right now. And Very just, good point. Yeah. You can turn any USB connected printer into a cloud printer by plugging it into your network. Um, I know Google uh, Wireless Printing and Apple's Cloud Print um, do support those sorts of configurations as well. So then you can also print from anywhere in the world. I'd also go with the ink tank because you can then refill the ink with like the little ink bottles. And those are a lot yeah. cheaper to buy as well. And there are manufacturers in this world, HP. I'm calling you out in on this one, who use <laughs> proprietary circuitry on the print heads, on the cartridges, and then you can't use third-party printers for that. You, it's like a license thing, and they very cagey about those licenses to sell off those designs. So then they can charge you whatever the hell they want. So the printers might be very, very cheap. Like I've seen HP printers at like 700 bucks for a multifunction printer. Don't buy them, don't buy them guys. Don't buy them, yeah. The other thing when you're doing multifunction printers, why why my recommendation when we do that later isn't a multifunction, is you have a scanner in your pocket, man. If you have a decent smartphone, you use right. the Microsoft Office app. But it has a, a scanner, built text scanner, document scanner built in. You can pick up document scanners pretty much anywhere on the web. Um, I think it's built into... I think it's Sorry. built into... <laughs> this document scanner is built into certain phones, camera apps as well. Um, so, yeah, you don't really need it. Um, but if you are getting a multifunction and you want to use the scanning... Um, you looking? You need to look for a minimum of 1200 as the smallest number DPI for your scan resolution. I know HP are also really, really bad at selling things that scan at like 600 DPI, like 1200 by 600, which is oh, it it just gets my goat, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well, very little scanning is happening these days because there's very little hard copy documents. Yeah, and I do strongly recommend what what Lindsay was. Uh, saying I fully endorse, well, the quick and dirty scan of a document, try taking a photo with your phone, and either the camera itself will have a function for taking pictures of documents, or if you use the Microsoft app that we discussed earlier, it is, does an excellent job of turning your photo of a document into a scanned kind of document. Yeah. It, it flattens it out, it converts it to black and white, it does everything you need, does that really well. So. Don't start imagining you need you need high end scanning because scanning is like something that happens very very seldom these days.
0: Yeah, and a lot okay. of the file systems like in the phones, uh, I know Apple's even on it now in their Files app. You can choose to save things or export as a PDF. So like you right. really do not need the scanner to. Scan it to Enter into that because P- I know PDFs used to be like another predatory practice back in the day where you yeah, had to spend yeah, like yeah. 200 bucks on software to turn things into PDF not anymore True. Everything's been democratized now and like these companies are making it very okay. easy and That gets us to our tickle of tech tick treasure for the week. Right. I'm gonna go first, Kevin It is now go. 15% off the Canon PIXMA G1411 A4 ink tank printer um, it is now selling for 1,699 Rand, so 1,700 Rand. Um, it's the cheapest ink tank printer that I could find. It only does printing. You get um, five, it has a five high-yield ink bottles. I don't understand what that means in the box, but yes. <laughs> oh, it's, it's got double for the black, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, the, okay. the Canon PIXMA G1411 ink tank printer that is 1700 and it take a lot right now is
1: it a, is it an all-in-one or is that a printer only it's
0: just a printer it is just a printer
1: yeah well actually sometimes that's what you want it's less stuff to go wrong it's less stuff to break you know like i say if you're going to do the scanning by taking a snap with the phone maybe a good printer is really all you need i have honed in on two all-in-ones here um I I can't choose between these two brands. I love both these brands for printing. I've had superb photos from both of them in recent days. So the Canon PIXMA G2411, that's the bigger brother of Lindsay's printer. This is now the all-in-one. So it's the Canon PIXMA G2411 A4 all-in-one multifunction ink tank printer for 2299, 2,300 rand. That's an ink tank system like we've been discussing, but that now has the scanning and the photocopying in there as well, if you need that sort of thing for your small office. Um, my second most favorite brand is Epson. Epson, uh, we're looking here at the L3110, and that's 2,800 Rand, also with an ink tank system, and it comes with full set of inks in the box and a spare set of inks in the box. So for slightly more, you're getting quite a lot more ink. So that's the Canon Pixma G2411 for 2300 and the Epson L3110 for 2800 Both excellent, excellent printers. Good luck with that.
0: Good luck with that, guys. I'm a big brother fan, um, but the cheapest brother multifunction printers I found on Takealot are like 4,000 rand. Um, I'm Oof. very happy with mine.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'm, acne glad, acne I'm glad. I'm glad well. that you found that you found generics for the brother. It means they must have sold quite a lot of them for yeah. you know for no 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 name brand people to be producing stuff for it. So that's good.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm happy. I'm interested to see what the quality is like and how long it lasts. But yeah, the print my print has been doing the hard yards now, especially with with my my four year old um, getting his like great pre R work stuff through just printing that out, and sometimes you forget to just click the black and white and then you're just printing because you're in a hurry and then everything comes a color and then you're like
1: (laughs) 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 but with an ink tank, at least with an ink tank printer you're not as sensitive before with the cartridge thing it would like kill you yeah okay yeah
0: yeah. good Uh, i'm still on cartridges so yeah oh that's right just
1: long cartridge yeah so then that does hurt
0: Yeah. i am lindsay shooters sharp shooters on social media s-h-a-r-p-s-c-h-u-t-t-e-r-s please come fight with me i like fighting with people the website is thatopinionguy.co.za. Um, on there right now, there's a lot of talk about COVID-19 regulations. There was a big court case this week where the North Gauteng High Court in Pretoria, they said that all the lockdown four and three regulations, or at least most of it um, from what I've been reading, been chewing through that, that document, is unlawful and unconstitutional, um, but suspended judgment for 14 days. Um, so we're still in lockdown level three for the next two weeks, um, unless yeah, unless something else happens. So I'm reckoning by June 16, all of this will end. We'll probably go back to what we were just before lockdown. So like the social distancing, wear your masks out in public, don't assemble in okay. groups bigger than 50 like keeping 1.5 to 2 meters space between people. Yeah, I think that that will probably go back there. There's very little tech reviews coming out now, at least on the YouTube channel, that opinion guy. Um, You're getting the S20 versus G8X comparison. And then whenever the V60 drops, that's coming too. And I'm getting another Lenovo. I think it's a tablet um, in this as well. What's up with you?
1: Okay, well, I do want everyone to go and visit TechRadar. Just go to TechRadar, spelled just like it sounds, techradar.com. You'll end up in the South African version of the site. What I've been working on are the best of lists and specifically best of headphones and best of phones. Do check those out. You know, whether you want wireless headphones, noise cancelling headphones, we've got a list of the best products available in South Africa. Do have a look at all those. I'm busy working on the best laptops. So by next week, there'll be best laptops for you to look at, too. And we'll be launching later in the month and there'll be free stuff going. I'll let you know about it. Stay safe, everybody.